the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back. It's Matt Browning. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new to the pod, welcome. You're in the right place. You're in the right place if you're an entrepreneur, a visionary, a creative, someone who has a mark to make in the world. That's what we're doing here. And the way we do that is twice a week. We have an awesome conversation once a week. It's always with an entrepreneur getting into their origin story and what really makes people tick, what, what the driving forces are out of the surface. And the second time, we always come at you with some kind of a, a leadership lesson, a life lesson, or a lesson in business. And today, of course, is no different. If you're brand new to the pod, thank you for the stream. Thank you for the download, the subscription, however you're doing it. Um, the best way by far, if you can, if you use iTunes, is to head over to iTunes uh, or the Apple Podcast and subscribe. It's free, and every time there's a new episode, it'll automatically be downloaded to the device that you're choosing. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the content this week. Um, I'm excited. This week is, uh, is <laughs> I say I'm excited every week, and I keep laughing about that because I am excited every week. This week is no exception. I'm recording this. I'm in Ireland as as I speak. Um, so if you are if you were waiting for last Friday's episode, we missed an episode, and that doesn't happen very often. But I had a good excuse this time. So my wife and my son and I uh, took off last week, about seven days ago, headed over to the UK before we move cross country. We thought. Why not take a three-week vacation with the family and just go see, you know, see some friends, but also just, you know, see the sights. I've never been to a lot of these places. So we landed, uh, we landed in London Heathrow last week, grabbed a car, drove across west to Wales, which is a separate country, but uh, pretty much everything's the same because they're, you know, the the UK kind of operates like the United States is what I'm finding out. You know, where like Wales, Scotland. Uh, England are all kind of like states within the UK and the Northern Ireland. And uh, so it's separate, but it's the same. Anyway, we headed over to Wales. We have a few friends over there. And there's also uh, the church that Lowell and I, um, if you've been following my story and you know who I am, of course, um, you know, we've been leading the church, the Point Orange County for the last year and a half in Orange County, California. And at the end of June, we just laid down that leadership to an amazing couple who were taking the charge and moving forward and doing some great things. Um, but with the extra time on our hands, we're like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> so we thought, why not go on vacation? And there's several campuses of the point, and one of them's in the UK and Wales. So uh, shout out if you're listening to Ben and Sam. Uh, ben and Sam have been hosting us while we were in Wales. Just a phenomenal couple. Really, really fun to hang out with. And my son's new best friend, their, uh, their what is that, a, a, a French bulldog slash terrier uh, named Reggie. So Val, now that we've moved on, we're in Ireland now. Val's very sad to be missing Reggie. Um, they man, they were playing together. It was so much fun. At one point, we were walking down the hallway, and Val's. I look back, and he grabs Reggie. He picks him up underneath his like torso, and he's making him walk like a little kid on hind legs. He's like, "Look, look, Reggie's walking." And that's a long ways from where we came when we first got there, and he was scared out of his mind. And when Reggie, like, you know, barked at him, he, like, ran to his room. Uh, now he's really sad to leave him. So thank you so much, Ben and Sam. It was awesome. Uh, Keen and Melissa are doing great work leading the point out there in uh, Aberdare in Wales. And uh, it was really cool. So we got a chance to come in on last Saturday, and we, uh, my wife and I, Lola, we both spoke and did uh, at their discipleship group. And then I got to bring a message uh, on Sunday morning for the preach at church. And that was just a, it was really cool. It was a great blessing. And it was awesome to watch 
just to watch what God's doing all over the world and, and right here in the UK. So shout out to The Point, shout out to Keenan Melissa and everyone else. Monday, we took off and we said we're going to go visit Ireland. So right now I'm about a couple hours south of Dublin in a town called Waterford. Um, we took the ferry over, which is really cool. It was a four-hour ferry ride from Wales on the western tip of kind of England, UK, right over uh, to the eastern tip of southern Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, as it were. So we made it across without much fuss. We have a car over here and we're hanging out. We just got to our first Airbnb, lovely lady, and we are just chilling. So I got a little bit of downtime and this is the time for the podcast. So this week, what I want to get into, let's just get into the content. You know what? Let's just get into the content. Ready, go. So this week, we're getting back into the Firebox Principle book. My new book, as I've been talking about, if you've been following for the last few weeks, we released the ebook. It is officially available on Amazon. If you go to fireboxbook.com, I believe it is still available. As you listen to this, it should be still available for the uh, launch price of literally 99 cents for the ebook. That's crazy. The hardcover edition, everyone's been asking, when's the hardcover coming out? Uh, it is coming out August 13th. So that is coming very quickly. We're going to do a couple of launch parties for it. But on the road up to that, um, I think this is going to be my last one. I thought at first I thought I would do an episode on every single one of the chapters. And I realized, you know, it's just a it's a lot of, of just book content. And I almost feel bad. I feel like like I, I don't want to come out like I'm selling you, even though, of course, I'm saying go buy the book, you know. But in all seriousness, I, I wanted the podcast episodes to be, you know, really good value. Of course, we're breaking down each different chapter of the book. But I think I'm getting to the point where we did a couple different chapters. I did some overview of the book, how you can use it, talked about the quiz coming up. And I think this is going to be my last episode that's specifically uh, breaking down a chapter of the book. If you want more, if you want to know more about the book, if you want me to break down more chapters in future episodes, I am happy to do that. Reach out on social media, at Matt Browning on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, wherever you go and get this podcast. Uh, reach out on one of those social media platforms. Let me know, hey, I want more chapters, and your voice will be heard. So if you would like more, I'm happy to give you more. I just, you know, for the people who are here for, like, the entrepreneur stories, I, I don't want to just make the whole month about the book. So with that said, this week's about the book. All right, so we're going to hit chapter seven, which is the the final seven of the seven drives, and it's called the Avenger Drive. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back a few episodes in the archives. You scroll down and you'll see where I talk about the overview of the firebox principle and how you apply it, what, it, what it's used for, and really what this whole thing's all about. And then you'll see some other episodes where we hit individual drives. So this one, I'm going to jump just straight into this drive. So for the Avenger drive, the main theme, the catchphrase is, this must change. This must change. The Avenger drive, think about the Avengers from Marvel. The Avenger is the, the drive in us that when we look at something or someone that seems unjust, unfair, it's not right, um, something's got to move. It's more like we, we look at maybe an industry or it could be a person. It could be any different different circumstance, but we think this has to change. I originally called this drive the anger slash revenge drive because it seemed that there were a lot, it was crazy, but it seemed like there were a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors that were, that were created out of someone's anger. They were mad about a person, place, or a thing, or a situation. And they said, I'm so mad, I'm going to do something about it. 
And shockingly, anger is one of the most powerful motivators to create something. You know, I, I don't wish harm on, on any young person, any child, you know, as we look through our lives and we think, you know, look back in our childhood, a lot of us can look back and go, wow, I, there was harm in my childhood. But we also have to be honest that as much as I don't appreciate that, we don't like that, we wish it wasn't there, you can also see situations where people have used that that harm or that trauma or that negative uh, situation in their childhood and used it as fuel. They used it as fuel to move forward and to create something, to change something. So the adventure drive is really all about that. Sometimes it's about a person. Sometimes it's about a situation. And I want to break down a few of them that I think you'll find really, really fascinating. Um, for the Avenger Drive, you know, the, the the theme could also, you could say, it's not business, it's personal. Right? Have you ever heard, you know, in the old action movies, you know, somebody does something, they, they kidnap the family or whatever, and the villain looks at the hero and says, hey, it's not personal, it's just business. Well, for the Avenger Drive, it's the exact opposite, right? Hey, it's not business, you think it's business? To me, it's personal. So let's look at a few different case studies, a few different entrepreneurs over the years that have become the avenger of something and have used that anger or even revenge in some cases to get back at somebody, right? You could still call that the avenger, to get back at someone. And they've used that to start a pretty significant enterprise. So let's look at the first one. And this is a very interesting one from a Mr. Lamborghini. According to legend, it was the power of human emotion that fueled the long-lasting rivalry between Lamborghini and Ferrari. So Mr. Lamborghini, he was an entrepreneur, and at the time, he was making his living repurposing old World War II engines into tractors. So he's taking these engines, putting them into tractors. He became pretty successful with it. In fact, he got so successful, one day he wanted to reward himself with the purchase of a brand new sports car. Ferraris, of course, in Italy were the highest esteemed, and he was really happy. He loved Ferraris. So it was 1958 was the year. He went to the Ferrari dealership to purchase his very own Ferrari sports car. As he drove around in the new Ferrari, he noticed, because he was a mechanic, right? He was fixing these tractor engines. Uh, he noticed there was a few improvements could be made. You know, he looked at the assembly of the vehicle, and he thought, you know, we could change this. He could make it a little bit better. So Enzo Ferrari lives in Italy. He reaches out to him with some friendly suggestions. Apparently, in 1958, you you can reach Enzo Ferrari. What a cool name, right? Enzo. And Enzo apparently was not willing to receive any feedback from someone like himself, a lowly tractor repairman or a mechanic. Ferrari, according to the story, was insulted that a tractor mechanic would try to give him lessons and him improvements for his sports engine. So Lamborghini was so mad about it. He couldn't believe it. It was like the, the, the response was abrupt. It was harsh. He was really upset. He was so upset that in that moment, he said, I will build a sports car company and supersede the Ferrari product. I will make a better sports car. If you're not going to listen to me, if you're going to take, because he was giving him simple, humble advice, right? Now, I wasn't there. I don't know exactly how he reacted. But I'm willing to bet there was probably, if this went down this way, there was probably a little bit of pride, you know, going on, a little bit of ego uh, on Ferrari's side. And truth be told, probably in Lamborghini's too. And he said, hey, if, if you're going to belittle me, I'll show you how good I really am. And he built a, what many would say is a better sports car. So he took that moment and he decided to make Lamborghini. 
And to this day, there's still a version of the rivalry. So many companies were set out that way. They were created out of rivalries or out of, uh, out of the anger of what was going on. James Dyson was no, uh, no exception. You know, Dyson vacuums. They're most famous for vacuums. Of course, they have really, really, really expensive fans. I'm talking like expensive fans, right? My friend Ben, if you're listening to this, buddy, you know what I'm talking about. 400 pounds for a fan. Are you kidding me? We spent half of a you know, better part of a whole day talking about how expensive this Dyson fan was. But here's the truth. As expensive as it was, it's a really good fan. It's bladeless. There's no blades at all. It's just this inner, you can put your hand right through the middle of it. It's really cool. And if you've had a Dyson vacuum, you know the same thing. Dyson was revolutionary in the vacuum business. The reason it was revolutionary, it wasn't necessarily all the little technology pieces it used. The main piece, the one thing over all the rest that made it special was it was bagless. It was bagless. So here's what happened. Sometimes poor customer service or poor products that are not very user-friendly, so I have a section of the book called User-Unfriendly, <laughs> it can be infuriate, uh, infuriating, easy for me to say, infuriating. If you're, if, like, you're an inventor, right, or, or you're, you're one of these people that you, you can look at the situation in life out in the world and you can see a better way to do things, it can be really frustrating to see everybody doing it the wrong way. So James Dyson... He invented those cyclone-inspired vacuum cleaners, right? So he was really upset that, A, he, every vacuum he ever owned had depreciating suction power. It, just, it, it got worse. It wasn't very good. He developed a superior design eventually. And the other thing he was upset about is you always had to buy those disposable vacuum bags. And you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm 38 years old, so I remember growing up as a kid in the 80s. And vacuum bags were the thing. It was like, how big is our vacuum bag? How full is it? Is it time to change the vacuum bag? Once you change it, you just take it open, you take off the vacuum bag, and you throw the whole thing away, and then you put a brand new vacuum bag on. Well, guess what? Those things were like a three-pack for 30 bucks. You know, you're talking about, in some cases, a $10 plus uh, disposable vacuum bag product. So just like printers and just like cars, honestly, today, Many times, you know, it's like they're not making that much profit on the, the product itself, but on the maintenance of the product, the new replaceable parts and so forth. So Dyson didn't like that, and he made a brand new design that did not require a bag. Whole new technology. He tries to sell his, his idea to manufacturers in the UK, right here where I'm at, and they rejected it. The biggest reason that the vacuum manufacturers rejected Dyson's idea, you don't have a vacuum bag. How are we going to sell our vacuum bags? So here you have this classic case where, you know, not that every vacuum uh, company was like, you know, the evil corporation, but think about it, right? You have this classic case where you have the companies that, what's their number one question they're asking? How can we sell more vacuums and more vacuum bags? Dyson was asking, how can I get a superior product to clean my carpet? How can I get a better, more effective product? How can I stop having extra disposable uh, expense on this product, right? He's asking inventor questions. He's asking consumer questions. And I think as, as entrepreneurs and leaders, we need to be very careful of the questions we ask. So often you, you can ask a question that is all, you know, that, that's dry, uh, derived from the wrong place. You know, the question of how do I increase profits? How do I sell more? Um, how do I get more buy-in? How do I get a better ROI? How do I get a higher percentage point? You know, how do I get a better markup? Those are all great business questions to ask. But here's what I say: you you can't stop 
you can't you can't give up asking the most important questions, which is, why am I in business in the first place, or why am I did I, why did I found this charity? Nonprofits find themselves in the same place. You know, they they can get wrapped up in how do I get higher donation marks or how do we close more people at the charity gala. But the real question you want to continue to ask, and you can never forsake these questions. The question's all about how do I make a bigger impact with the people we're serving? What else do they want right now? What do they need that they're not asking for? How can I make this product better? How can I get more of this product to more people? How can I make a bigger impact? So make sure you're still asking those questions. Make sure you're still being a Dyson, not being a Hoover or you know whoever else was there. So he makes the vacuum. UK, everyone rejects it. The customer didn't have to keep buying bags. And eventually, oh yeah, so anyway, uh, eventually, um, he gets, obviously, as you can see, he gets his patent out there, and, you know, the rest is history. Here's what happened. He, he launched his new bagless product. He couldn't launch it in the UK. Everyone wanted it, but no one was letting it come out. He launches his product in Japan, and then he licenses his patent in North America, now he has the resources and the confidence to take on the British vacuum cleaner industry without, uh, without the back end of any established manufacturer. So think about it. You're going on to your playground, right? The place where you're supposed to be, the British vacuum cleaner companies, where he's from, where he's trying to launch it. The manufacturers are all there. This is like coming up with a brand new electric car in the 90s and trying to launch it in Detroit, right? like, well, what do you think Chevy and Ford and all the rest of, you know, the domestic products, what are they going to do? GM, are they, are they going to let you? No way, right? There's going to be an issue with that until their hand gets forced because the, the world begins changing. So Dyson saw that coming. So he launches in Japan. J Japanese love, you know, I'm, I realize that I'm blanket statementing, but I've been to Japan a few times. I did my honeymoon there. We have Japanese friends. I, I, I love the culture, but they love, love, love innovation. They love new inventions. Look at like any infomercial in Japan is always full of this gimmicky, funny things. You know, look at this fan that's also a hat and an umbrella all at the same time. So I'm sure they love the new vacuum cleaner. Then he launches it in North America, gets a patent, and now he's he's selling vacuums. He's he's making his way. He does an infomercial. In the infomercial, the tagline said, "Say goodbye to the bag." He revolutionized an industry. The point is, other people cared about profits. Dyson was frustrated and it made him mad with the status quo. He wanted to upset the whole industry. He wanted to change vacuum cleaners. And you might be thinking, vacuum cleaners? No, I'm here to change the hearts and souls of the world. Well, look, you got to start somewhere. And what's your corner of the world? I'm serious. What's your corner? Every corner matters. Are you in photography? Are you in vacuum cleaners? Are you in personal development? Are you in cars? Are you in, in home cleaning services? Right? Are you in tutoring? Whatever you're doing, whatever corner of the world is your little spot, like your little spot matters. My little spot matters. All of our little spots matter. So you need to decide that it's time to do something. And if you're like Dyson or you're like Lamborghini and you're frustrated at the status quo and how people are doing things, maybe it's time to change. Maybe it's time to get in there. I'll give you one last one that I think is really fun. Um, this one is not in the book. I'm just looking through to make sure. I don't believe it's in the book. I have one more in the book. I actually talk about Greenpeace and Harry's Razor. So I guess that's two more. And I think you'll find that quite interesting. Uh, but I'll give you one more in the book. It's Adidas and Puma. Adidas and Puma 
were German brothers running the same family shoe business. Now, if you've ever worn a, a Puma or an Adidas, you'll think, you know, those are scarily similar. They look really close. They have the lines going down the side. You know, they kind of have that athletic-type track shoe. And what a lot of people don't realize, though, is both companies were spawned from one. They were brothers that took over the family business, and eventually they wouldn't get along. They couldn't get along. And they were in such a feud with each other that in Germany... One side of the river and the other side of the river, each brother opened his own shoe company. One called Puma, one called Adidas. On the other side of the river, the same town in the same country. He said, if you're going to do your own shoes, I'm going to do my own shoes. Adidas and Puma both launched really successful shoe companies. They launched because they were mad at each other. It was a straight family feud. There are, and The more I looked into it, check this out. Google, like... Um, family feud or sibling rivalry uh, businesses. You'll be shocked. There's restaurants all over the place that literally it's like a seafood restaurant on one side and across the street there's another one and they're both owned by, by brothers or sisters in the same family. Sometimes, of course, right? What's the problem with the Avenger Drive? You might be able to see it already. The problem with the Avenger Drive is you might let your emotions run away with you. And even though you'd be better off together, perhaps, in that case... You decide to start separate companies. You decide to do something to spite someone else. So you never want to fall in the category as the Avenger of doing something just to spite someone. If there's no real merit, right? Like if there wasn't um, a platform for another sports car like Lamborghini, he would have tried to start a car business, you know, a new car manufacturer, and it never would have taken off. The fact is, is Lamborghini, there was, there was motive, there was time, there was opportunity, there was luck. All of that went into, plus he had a superior, amazing design. So if you're a Ferrari fan, you might not agree with me, but you know I don't really, I don't know the difference. I just know they're both really sick as heck, and they look great, um, and I'm sure they drive very fast. You know, so like for Lamborghini, it worked out. For Dyson, it worked out. But for some companies, for some restaurants, for some whatever the product is, because it's only they're only doing it to spite the other person, you can like I said let your emotion run away with you, and it's not going to work out very well. So don't do something just because you're pissed at somebody. But if there's a good opportunity, if there's a need, if there's a place in the market, if, if the timing is working out right, right, you're on the cutting edge of something, and something that someone's doing the wrong way is pissing you off, hey, maybe it's time to take the Avenger drive and step into full gear and start a new shoe company <laughs> or to, to make a move some way, somehow. So here's the question for you. Do you see something that someone's taking advantage of? Oh, and I'll say this too, last thing, is we, we've talked about some of the other drives as well, like the contribution drive, which is where you really care about the people themselves. So for Dyson, for instance, you might think, well, didn't he care about the consumer? Yeah, but Dyson wouldn't say, you know, I just, those moms and dads that were vacuuming their homes and wasting their money, it wasn't really about the people themselves. It wasn't about the lives and the situation for the people. It was really more of like the industry. He didn't like the entire the vacuum manufacturing industry. Does that make sense? So although if you ask Dyson, hey, are you do you think are you happy that like did you help the people and save people money? He's gonna say of course. So maybe he had contribution drive somewhere up in there. But I would say by far for Dyson, his number one drive was Avenger because it wasn't about the people number one or the profit, number one, it was about making them pay. <laughs> it was about sending a message to the vacuum 
industry and changing the way things were done. So that was what I would say about that. And that is a little bit on Avenger Drive. There's a few more examples in the book that I think you'll enjoy very much. Um, here's what I'm going to say too. I guess final, final thing, because I'm not going to talk about the book too terribly much. I'll still mention and talk about some updates as it comes, but I'm not going to do any more deep content unless you ask for it in a big way. Remember, social media at Matt Browning, and you can tell me what you want in the podcast. I'd be happy to give it to you. Um, the last piece would be the Firebox quiz is coming out, and it is going to be dun 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 free 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 okay i'm done singing but it's gonna be free um it's a 57 dollars value i'm putting together an entire quiz it's not on the market yet it will be very soon it'll be at fireboxbook.com slash quiz when it'll get out there in a couple of weeks i'll make a big social media announcement and i'll put it out there on the podcast as well um so you can go over and once you get your book you can take the quiz totally free and it's not one of those like facebook quizzes where you figure out what celebrity animal baby you look like or something this is a real like full algorithm quiz where we put in all the different criteria values beliefs um, fears needs uh, desires everything for each one of these drives and case studies and we ask you questions and you're going to be able to through a, a, a quick series of questions you'll be able to answer the, the or not you i guess the quiz will tell you which in a particular enterprise or a particular venture, which is your primary drive and which is your secondary drive. Um, what I'm working on, I can't promise you yet, but I'm working on actually having them where you'll get all seven in rating of order, right? So you'll get one through seven and what's the most and what's the least. And I'm, I'm collecting all of that data as well. This is really important for you. I'm gonna be collecting all that data so I can give you later on in the future, a year, two years, even five years from now, we can give you an, uh, a percentage of where you're fitting in amongst entrepreneurs in different regions based on all of the collective answers for the quiz. So that's a pretty cool thing. So I just want you to know that uh, it's not personal to you, but I am trying to collect the information for the quiz regionally and even within industries to see. So there'll be a couple of questions of what industry are you in, what region are you in, um, and so forth and so on. Are you corporate? Are you entrepreneur? Are you solopreneur? That kind of thing. And then what I'm doing with that, though, is I want to give you more information and more answers later on as I've had thousands and hopefully millions of people take the quiz. We'll get an idea of uh, you can get percentages of how many people in what area fit where and who has most primary drives. And you can see where you fit in. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right. That's it for me this week. Um, I'm back off to go see Lola and Val. And we are going to head into town, probably go to a pub or a restaurant or something and go down by the river uh, tomorrow. We get to go into Blarney Castle. We're going to go down to Cork uh, in southern Ireland, go kiss the Blarney Stone, go visit Blarney Castle, and then head off west to the Moor Cliffs and, and just really just take in the rest of this. So I'm going to probably be a little quiet uh, for the next little bit. I'm recording one more right now. I have an interview for you in a few days. So I'm doing the open for that real quick. Uh, so I'll see you in a few days, and I will see you when we get back.